Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kazoo Room Dialogue. This is IJ McCann, and I got a special guest for you today. First of all, happy Canadian Thanksgiving to all my Canadian brothers and sisters. Hope you had a good weekend. You rested, you ate lots of food. Um, yeah, so now my guest is Armel Vinci Kazadi. Armel is a rapper. Armel is a friend of mine, and we got deep into some into some topics. Armel and I discuss his uh, philosophy of music, why he raps, and why he is actually taking a break from rapping. His current exploration with what the nature of reality is and how he perceives the world around him. Why he thinks he doesn't live in a uh, racist world, even though his first interaction with a white person in Canada was in a in a in a bathroom where the man pushed him and called him the n-word. How Armel has overcome such difficulties. We we discuss the power of the human mind and how underutilized it is. We discuss many more things, and I don't want to give it all away. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. But now, please welcome my friend Armel Vinci Kazadi to the Kazakh Dialogue. Thank you so much for being here, bro. Yeah, it's surreal. It's we've been trying to get this set for what about a month. Yeah, and then I kept screwing up the scheduling, so that's my fault. <laughs> Everything happens in good time, yeah. But you were just telling me because Armel, for our listeners, Armel is a very good rapper, <laughs> and he was—I don't know the rap scene too well, but from what I've been told by um, Axe, his older brother, you were signed by pretty big dude down in LA I wasn't you weren't I wasn't what's but you were down in LA I was rapping yes making music yes you have what three albums uh no EPs EPs yeah what's the difference an album is generally a big body of project okay it's about um let's say it could it over seven tracks because seven is where the EP ends, and then you get into a mixtape or an album, and uh, a mixtape will usually be a compilation of different. It can be different, or they can be. Sometimes mixtapes are called albums. It's one of those things that's synonymous but different. Okay, so right. Albums will usually have a lot more money pumped into them. Hmm. They'll usually be something that is required on paper to do if yeah. you are in the case where what you spoke about if if i was signed yeah i would have had to drop albums you right? would have to drop if you were signed so if you I weren't signed, signed i wasn't signed but you were what, I, what, what i don't know if you're allowed to talk about this or you signed an course. nda no i wasn't <laughs> signed i wasn't signed um i went out there okay i went out there with my team mm-hmm. all right i went out there with my team and there was a lot of speculation Right. A lot of people were asking a lot of questions and, you know, that whole rumor of me being signed is something that kind of just took place in that in that atmosphere of Mm -hmm. things. Right. But I wasn't Um, a lot of things were blessed, you know, thank God. You know, there's a lot of people that did a lot of good things for me. Right. And I'm forever thankful for that, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, because when I look at my life, it's 
for the most part has been that kind of thing that when people look at from the outside, it's like, whoa, like he's got this and that and this and that and this and that, you know, it, yeah. it just seems like all the requirements were there from the skills first with myself. Even when we speak about, you know, early on in my life, I was big into um, music was one of the first things that I did fall in love with ever, ever since I was in Africa, born okay. in Zambia. You were born in Zambia? Born in Zambia. Okay. I thought it was only uh, your older brother. No. No. My older brother was born in Congo, uh, and then okay. the second oldest, Zambia. Yeah. My oldest sister, Congo. Okay. And then my I came as the middle child, okay. right? Zambia as well. Um, And I have memories of Zambia mm. still. And um, I remember making... Excuse me, making drums um, out of like, um, like you'll take a, a cylinder type of like plastic um, uh, object okay. where you have obviously holes through the both sides, uh -huh. right? So it's a hollow cylinder, okay. okay? And then I remember using plastic, mm -hmm. okay? And it was a it was a pretty pretty strong piece of plastic, right? So this wasn't like the The, the greatest drum out there, right? But it worked. And you take a lot of them, and then you would you kind of put it over one side. Yeah. And then you take the string, right? Uh -huh. And you make sure it's really tight. And then you just, you know, you put the string around and string, you know, tighten it, tighten it, tighten it. Get a really nice knot. Something around those. I, I remember a lot of people helping me, you know, because I was very young. Yeah. And then you play them. And then people, my friends, all of us will start dancing. And uh, there was a lot of people in the neighborhood that would just come by and they would come by with instruments and stuff and they'll just be playing hmm. and I'd come outside and all my friends would be playing and uh, I'd go and I would enjoy, you know, the music. And I remember actually when my younger sister was born, um, we had a big party Yeah. and uh, I remember we made a huge circle and it's one of the memories that sticks with me. And then I remember getting in the middle hmm. and dancing my ass off. <laughs> Everybody had a good time. Everybody had a good time. Is the culture in Zambia like a very musically oriented culture? Is that why? Or is it just your family? Or is it just you? Um, I should the, say it's just you because your older brother raps as well. Yeah. Uh, the music part is, uh, I would say, it's all over the continent. Okay. As Africa, yeah, right, um, and uh, music is a, v a huge part of Africa, especially the parts that are. I mean, the whole continent itself has been in a developing stage for a long time. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. other parts are better developed than others, mm -hmm. but for the most part, the average of the continent is developing. And I think whenever people are hit with um I don't want I don't want to just say an obstacle. It has to be something that hits you in the places that hurt the most, hits your soul. So something that is very tragic. When it happens to you, you are forced to connect with something deeper than mm. what you're around. Because what you're around is you feel that it isn't what's really there. Like, yeah, it's tragic, but you feel that there is And that's what other, a lot of people describe as hope, mm -hmm. right? There's something beautiful mm -hmm. there and coming, right? So when you do that, music is one of the 
I don't want to use say the word as catalyst, but it's a it's very much a tool for connecting. And uh, it gets very scientific too when you start speaking about the whole idea of it's not an idea; it's 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 uh, you know it's mathematics, even a frequency, you know, mm-hmm. a pattern, you know, uh, an oscillation, right? Um, it's it's a, it's also described as a period in a graph, right? Something that's periodic, mm-hmm. like a like a sign pattern is periodic, right? This whole thing creates a vibration, right? And um, that's what I'm what I'm talking right now. That's all that's happening. It's just vibration. It's just a bunch of compressions and expansions, all happening around us within the air. Right? And music is that is when you put all these things together, mm-hmm. and they, it. I find that music transports you. Certain music mm-hmm. transports you to places that yeah. are deep. You yeah. know, like when you're listening to it, you're like, oh my goodness, this is. This is something else. This is uh-huh. incredible. And then there are crappy music, in my opinion. Um, and it's like, right, well, you know, this is, you just, it just sounds like it's stolen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But then there are like original music. Mm. Like your music, when I, when you rap, this is yeah. no joke. I, look, I'll be completely honest. I, I can't rap. <laughs> the only reason I got into rap is my older brother is like a big Tupac fan. Okay. And, you know, you know, he would have CDs and CDs of it. So I would listen to it. Yeah. Um, but like when I was introduced to your rap by uh, Axel, your brother, I yeah. was like, man, this kid is talented. I'm like, what the <laughs> heck? Like, he showed me a video. I think he, it was a competition in Ottawa. Yeah. You had a pencil, <laughs> right? Yeah. And am I, okay. Uh-huh. And you're just like making a beat oh, on yeah. the table with a pencil or yeah. a pen. And then you're rapping. I'm like, what in the world is happening right <laughs> hey, now? Funny thing about that. I remember when I first picked it up i remember i was in a bathers cause that's where i grew up the east coast okay and uh i was over there and you know how do, you got a lot of time you got to entertain yourself right so <laughs> i'm looking i'm looking on youtube and such and you know i'm i just got into rap right i'm fresh into it and okay. i see this guy call himself lyrical god and he had these two pencils and he did this thing let the be let the be right you can still find it and then i was like wow i was like man because the, th- the thing is a lot of people I'd rap for around me because rap was not the norm, right? It was not something that was, yeah, they were impressed to a degree, right? Mm-hmm. But they, it wasn't something that they would indulge in, right? So you had to find creative ways of convincing them that, hey, this is dope, okay. right? So you couldn't just rap. You had to do something more, right? And uh, that was one of those tools that I used to, to get people's attention another thing is they they love the guitar over there you know country rock that that sound Mm -hmm. right it's very it's it's there right so i got one of my friends one time his name is adam and you know we did the show one time while i was in i was in like grade nine or ten and we went to another high school we we, we ditched the last few periods of school (laughs) and put on a show for their for their uh for their lunchtime yeah no we we just we ditched the whole second half (laughs) of of school and then we put on a show for this other school which is like two hours or an hour away it was actually like two hours and uh they had like a 30 minute to 45 minute lunch period and in that period they had a choice to make whether to you know eat or 
come see this show that's happening in the auditorium. Yeah. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, if it was me, there's no fucking way I'm going to go see the show in the auditorium. <laughs> I'm going I'm to go eat. Okay. I'm going to go eat. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to play ping pong. I was big into ping pong back then. I was like, I'm going to be going. But I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to put on a show for whoever's there. Yeah. I'm my whole team with me. You know, we're dancers and rappers, you know? And then so. And my boy Adam Chapman, who played this guitar at yeah. the very end, I'm gonna, he's going to come on and blah, blah, blah. So anyways, we start out, as we're performing, we start out, there's only like, let's say, 15, 20 people in the auditorium. The auditorium would fit, let's say, 80, 100 people, mm-hmm. right? Now, by the middle of the show, there's like, you know, one third, you know, going to two thirds yeah. of the place filled, right? By the end, this place was definitely jump in and was packed up right and like when we started out i remember i came on and started rapping uh uh in uh acapella because that was one of the first things i was like okay my voice is something that attracts people so i'm gonna start on acapella yeah i'm gonna get into a beat then my boy's gonna come out (laughs) and then he came out with the moonwalk and everybody just (laughs) nuts they came out the moonwalk he started doing this dance doing this dance doing this dance and like we were creative i'm telling you we put on shows talent shows we were you can ask anyone in Bathurst. We put on shows. Yeah. And uh, it was a good time. And uh, all that kind of, you know, put me to that point where you end up, you know, hearing about me through all these other people. It's all from all that work, you know. And then when I came into that show that you saw in that video, mm-hmm. I remember I was in Ottawa in that video. And it was a uh, U Ottawa. Right. Oh, was that you, Ottawa? It was you, Ottawa? Okay, was it a talent right. show? Some it wasn't sort of- a talent show. It was uh, it was just a showcase, just a really? showcase, right? Okay. And then I was like, hey, I spoke to one of my friends. I'm like, hey, man, you know, I play the guitar. I'm like, hey, let's let's create something sick. Yeah. And uh, we did something sick, and uh, people loved it. Did that pen tapping, and by then I was smooth with it, right? So yeah. But man, I remember getting kicked out of classes. What? Like I remember get, get, getting kicked out of Why? classes because I'm tapping on the desk. <laughs> I'm tapping on the desk. I'm rapping. Teacher's like, oh, Armando, what are, what are you doing? Get, get out of here. Get out. You know, like everybody would enjoy it though. I'm like, hey man, like yeah, I'm getting kicked out now, but it's gonna it's gonna serve its purpose soon, yeah. right? And it served its purpose. And you, would you think that you'd go back to rapping? You see, what is? There is so wait just just so our listeners know uh-huh. if you want to find uh, Armel's um, uh, rap music online you can find it on Spotify you can find it on anywhere you can get music it's yeah. uh, Vinci V N C H Y yes sir um, so it is there is language warning <laughs> for, for sure. <laughs> don't listen to uh, to it around your kids <laughs> for sure <laughs> wait yeah, go ahead yeah um you see. You said two very important things just a while ago that play a very big part in where I'm moving musically. Okay. Okay. One of the very first, no, I'll touch on, on what you said in that after I set the, set the, the grounds or set the, I'll say set the mood okay. with, with what's around it here. When I came into music, I heard something something that was special okay and what i heard i wanted to explore right i came into it very young once i arrived in canada i got an opportunity to explore it deeper okay 
But two things played a factor in my exploration because right before I explore, I have to make a decision on what direction I'm going to go. Right? Just metaphorically speaking, I have to make a decision. Out of all the decisions that were in front of me, I made a decision that seemed to be the best fit decision, which was rap music. Why? There's a couple of things. I'm black. It's popular. Being coming from a background that was very heavy with drums, it seemed like the easiest transition of my exploration. There was an issue, though, that I faced. I remember when I was first in the plane coming over here. I said to myself, I said, I was very young, too. I said to myself, I said, you know, man, I get there. I'm never going to change. I'm not going to swear. I'm not going to be bad. Like, no, I'm never going to change. You know, the reason why I said that at that age, it goes to show you my foundations, right? I expanded my foundation and found myself more and more and more. But then at a certain point, I look at myself and I say, hey, look, like, in order to explore deeper, okay, this whole exploration is, in fact, an exploration of myself. Because mm. as I'm connecting with the music, I'm connecting with myself. There is this whole outlook that is directed towards me now if you put if you imagine me and then these let's see them as light beams coming towards me this perspective that's coming towards me is one that looks at things as a separation from everything that's around as far as okay you're rapping you're entertaining you have to do this you have to do that they separate what's happening from what's really happening what's really around right but see that music thing branding of it and the separation of that from the person is something that a lot of people these days more and more are not entertaining are not entertaining. They're not entertaining. Okay. They're being themselves more and more. So that's why you see a lot of artists doing such things as going independent and doing mm. such things as speaking out and being more, um, being more about everything being more about their life rather than them feeding out to something superficial. Okay. So instead of having a persona, they exactly. are being themselves. They are being themselves. Mm. When I look at myself, yeah, music is something that. I want to use as a tool to connect with people on a level that lets them look at themselves and connect with themselves. I don't think rap music for me is something that in itself does that. You know why? Because personally, I think there's too many words. Really? Too many words. I liked the whole aspect of okay. getting, you know, all this lyrical and blah, blah, blah. And now you see more artists doing the whole thing of less words and such. And it's something that is a thing, right? But then here's another issue. 
it shouldn't be a business. What should rapping shouldn't be a business music, music shouldn't music be a business shouldn't be a business what do you mean it can be a business yeah those that want to make it a business you should let them make it a business however you yourself as the artist making it you have to understand that the business is an extraction or a division out of the core which is your identity When you take the core that is your identity, like let's say your identity is 10, okay? Mm-hmm. And you divide 10 by 2, okay? You're going to have five individual pieces of two, right? In these two pieces, there are five in each, and that is 10. Now, if you look at the five inside of the two pieces that is the 10, one is business, one is photography, one is okay. problem. That division is infinite, And then you get into logarithms, right? And a base of 10. And you see that when you find the log of a certain number between 1 and 10, you're going to see its representation in that grand, what I understand to be a grand division, right? And so you don't, you don't need to think about the business. Think about who you are. In that, you are going to get the actual profit that is in music that is self-actualization mm. we have spoken about it in philosophy class when you talk about maslow's hierarchy of needs right. and the very top being self-actualization correct see you can get to that in many ways mm-hmm. people can get to that gardening people can get to that playing basketball people can get to that looking at rocks you know music though can get you there fast Hmm. Why do you think that is? Because there's a vibration to it. Is there something? It's the vibration that can, that makes you think about something. Hmm. If I put a vibration, a sequence of vibrations, and I put it in a minor key, and I put it to a certain pattern, and yeah. I get a girl to sing a certain rhythm, and yeah. then I get a piano to play really softly, and I put the BPMs down, I could make you cry. Hmm. Hmm. Right? Because these vibrations will do something to you. They'll do something to your mind, right? And that's where the power in music comes. And you can take this power and you can actually put it into something physical and see great things happen. Like you can make things levitate from vibrations. Like you can water when they do that. Where they put like, um, I saw this video where there's they're projecting sound wave downwards mm. and yeah. once going upwards and they put water droplets in it and just floating. Mm. And you know, I was like, what? That's interesting. In fact, you could even do that with like, let's say your glass right there. Yeah. You could have a thing underneath it, like a, you know, a, uh, what do they call it? Like a coaster when you put it, yeah. that you, put it, yep. you can have something there that levitates your glass and you can do that in a, in, in a few ways, you know, uh, I have yet to understand the deep, um, mathematics of it yet to give you a detailed understanding but i know that there's a few things that people can think about as far as vibrations go and as far as even magnetism goes and um you can explore that and see how you can do a number of things and there's already people that are making things quote-unquote levitate by using um, vibration by using vibrations i've really? seen it before on youtube i've even seen the make light a light out of in the water they had similar to what you mentioned all these 
what you would call frequencies targeting a certain spot. And in that spot, yeah. there was this little, it looked like a droplet almost. Okay. It was, it was a sphere. And in that, there was this little light beam that would start getting created. This little light. That really? would start. Yeah. You could find that on what YouTube. Um, you could even type just by typing in making light from vibrations, vibrations or frequency. Right. You will see that. Um, even Nikola Tesla mm-hmm. said the, the, the mysteries of the universe lie behind, I think it was frequency, vibration, and energy. Okay. Something along those lines. Um, he was a smart man. He- yeah. Yeah. So, so that's the whole thing is that whenever I am rapping, mm-hmm. okay, it is something for me personally that I will use at a certain point. But there's other things more important than me rapping, like me playing instruments. Me, that's why I ventured into the piano and now I'm venturing into the guitar and I am doing what people would call producing, okay. but all I'm doing is um, putting a small repeating pattern, stacking them on top of each other, creating a sound, uh, a foundation that I could then do a number of things on. I could take that foundation and put it behind a video where I'm speaking, because that's another thing that's more important than me rapping, me talking. Because one thing that's more effective for me than if I was to put it in a hierarchy, I'm a better speaker than I am a rapper. And that's because I'm a better thinker than I am all of those things. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's all within my identity. Again, a division of things. Right? Other people, these perspectives, don't see that division. But I do. So you, So to answer the question of whether you would rap again it's a matter of how you you would insofar as it might benefit someone but it doesn't limit you you will explore and do other things beyond rapping like rapping is not the end all be all for your music yeah i don't want to and i don't want yes and i don't i want people to know that you know yes i rapped but when you speak about the world that is the rapping world, the hip-hop world, I'm not in that world. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of people don't get. You know? What do you mean you're not in I'm that not world? I'm not in that world in the sense of physically when I got out here, it yeah. was just the easiest thing to associate myself with. Because, right? because, because of because what you ex- mentioned, you're black and you play exactly. drums. Exactly. Okay. I'm very young and immature, and so I need to explore mm. through the easiest route. Right. And so, hey, look, rap music. Yeah. Right. But then there's a foundation that was deeper than what I was taught because everybody that comes here, even if you see little kids or whatever, they have personalities and they have certain things that they, that attract them and certain things that don't. Mm -hmm. Right. And for me, I want to connect with people on a level that even has a healing factor to it. And I feel like the perspectives of the hip hop world mm. is not something I share. Interesting. I don't share the perspectives. I don't share the perspectives on, on many, on many dimensions. So know? do you think that rap music, do you find that the rap music, a uh, rap culture that you're talking about, the hip hop culture, the things that you disagree with, is it the sense in which, cause I know you, you can be very controversial online by, 
<laughs> by posting these questions, you know, oh, yeah. you know, you're always posting these. But is it that you don't dis- you disagree with the culture that is being um, wrapped about in hip hop music, or what is it that you disagree with? Is it the violence, the or Mm-mm. I don't I don't have or disagree I don't have a problem or disagree with anything okay. about that. It's more that I don't think there is a such thing as separation. When you take something I get it. It's fun to make genres of music. I get it. It's fun to you know say that to pick teams, play a sport and have different teams and separate people. I get it. There are fun aspects to it. But then there are what I understand to be unnecessary aspects of separation whenever you're going to take it and you're going to make it a lifestyle. And then Mm. whenever I do something, you're going to use that as the thing to understand me. And you're going to go and use that as if everything works in that lens. And then it's going to be a lifestyle. Okay. And you don't want to be trapped in that box. I don't, I'm not trapped in that box. And people are feeling the reverberations of it if you think of it as me making a a series of of um uh, you know whenever you drop something in water and it makes these uh what you would call ripples yes. right i'm making these series of ripples and people are feeling those ripples from the impact of me not being in that box and so they end up seeing and hearing me speak about me not being in that and me not sharing that because everything is the same and everything is for people to use, right? It's fun to have a lifestyle and a style and, you know, represent it and, you know, that's all fun. I get it. But when you look around you and you look close, you'll notice something. Everything is the same. What do you mean? I asked, I met this guy through one of my friends Mm -hmm. who was a pilot, okay? And I asked him, I said, hey, man, you know, when you're flying, how does it feel? And he said, oh, you know, it's it's, it's nothing. It doesn't, you know, another one of those things. I I thought to myself, I was like, that's interesting because if someone was to ask me, how's walking? I would say, yeah, you know. It's what it is. what it is. I do it every day. Yeah. So I asked him, I was like, man, are you telling me that flying is like walking for you? And he's like, well, he, he put it like, like he's like, I mean, it's different, but like, yeah, it is. And if you notice a lot of things, it comes down to that. It's a paradox. Like it is or it isn't, but it is. You can find all the reasons for why it isn't. And you can find them until you're satisfied. You will never be satisfied. Actually, you can find them until you fall off the earth, right? You can look for them and just, you know, try to find the end of the earth. But you can do the very same for it being the same, right? And so that's why you find all these people on different. Uh, that's why there's different teams, mm-hmm. you know, and it's usually divided in two. You take that two and you can do so many things with it. Right. So. I think it's important for me to represent my identity and within my identity separation just doesn't exist. Hmm. Doesn't. Is that, does that, does your um, exploration of your identity play into um, you asking these very 
what people would consider very controversial questions. You know, you like to stir the pot sometimes. You know, I love to stir the pot. (laughs) You know, like I mean, one thing that um, I think I think this was a while back, maybe a few months back. You were asking why is I'm not going to say the word Mm. because I don't want to get in trouble saying Mm. the word. No, Uh, I wouldn't mind if we weren't on there. You know, (laughs) but they're like uh, I think you asked why is it that only black people can say the n word. You know, mm. and you know there were a bunch of people posting. It's like, oh no, because of the culture, the bag, the uh, yeah. baggage that's in it. But then you were like, well, you know, is is it is it something special only mm. with black people? Yeah, you know. And then the question of is it only the f- African Americans who have a direct descendants to slave can say this word? Mm. Can all Africans say this word? So many questions. You know. Yeah. So is this you being? You asking these tough questions, that's part of the exploration that's going on. It is a degree okay. of the exploration, you know, this, this, well, the, this, this degree that is in so many dimensions, you know, um, but the whole point of it was that question particularly stemmed from when I looked, cause when we talk about the aspect of me stirring the pot and exploring through stirring the pot. Yeah. I have gotten better at stirring it very, you know, when you do something dangerous, but much better. Very precise. Very precise. Right, you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've gotten You're better at it. You're not just stirring it. it yeah, I started like that, though. You yeah. know, <laughs> I, I started like that and I loved it. And that was one of those things. And I realized that uh, a lot of people just are not ready to talk about it, but I'll talk about it right yeah. now. And that's the thing that when you talk about skin. Mm-hmm. You know how people talk to you and tell you, oh, don't focus on things you can't control. Yeah. Who the made a choice that they're going to be born that color? Yeah. Nobody. So why am I going to focus on it? Right. It's It comes that simple. It starts that simple. For me, it didn't. It's just recently that I found that simple way of putting it. But when you even put in the complexities of biology and such, you'll see that there is no difference. And when you talk about... The differences that are in the culture, you will, you can find the differences until your face goes blue, but then you can find all the similarities too. Mm-hmm. But when you look at it, you see that the same thing is present in all these different cultures. And so when it comes to the word, I understand the effects that come from other people hearing it, right? But me, myself, I think it's being presently demonstrated that that word means nothing because it actually means a lot more than people have made it mean. And it I, means I know, a lot more. Exactly. It's okay. a paradox. It means nothing. It means nothing because, because it's so it trivially used? A, it means nothing because the word itself is an explanation, uh, an attempt to explain how you feel. Okay. But it means so much more because you can feel an infinite amount of things when you say somebody is your friend. Yeah. And you now uh, sep- uh, replace that with the N-word. Yeah. It can mean so many depths because there's some people that call other people their N-word and then they backstab them. There's some people that call the people their N-word and they don't even know the person. And there's some people that say, you're my N-word and they would die for you. And there's some people that say, you're my friend and they don't even care about you. And there's some people that say, you're my friend and they would die for you. Interesting. It means nothing, but it means an infinite amount of things. Yeah. All these things are the same. So this word that 
shakes people up so much. Mm-hmm. And Thank I get the fact, so much. I get the <laughs> fact that I'm black. A lot of people, it's it's it kind of t- catches them off guard. But again, I didn't. It, I can't control what I'm not even black for all I care for yeah. because I did not make any choice to anything. I'm everything. Mm. I can be anything you think I am because yeah. in actuality, I'm everything. That's why I met so many people. And through all these people, I learned so many things. And people can say, oh, geez, you make music like this person and you like this and you play sports like this and you look up to this and you actually, there's they, somebody can take you and then see so many different influences from who you are, right? That is exactly why you are not any color. You can say that if you want to represent and mm. yeah it's fun again these are things that are fun you know like have fun like you have fun doing yeah. that have fun but at some point that vibration that you are at if we represent you as a vibration it's gonna have to get a lot more what we would call I want to use the word consonant. What I mean by that is that it's only certain sequences, only certain numbers, only certain frequencies that have that effect that is beautiful, Hmm. right? That's why if you put, we can see it on YouTube when they put sand over a, a certain like plate and they plate, they put they that plate to a, but they have to put it to a certain frequency you see the things moving first mm-hmm. as it gets closer and closer and closer you see it moving and that's why it's not beautiful yet right but then when it hits that number mm-hmm. something beautiful happens so are you so when it comes to the to this word particularly you're saying hey look ultimately human we we we're human beings that's what we are i mean the skin color yeah we all have skin color but it's just a degree of um whatever that mellow 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 whatever it is you know whatever mm. the thing that makes you darker or lighter that's yeah, not even important um so you're saying look ultimately we're just human beings mm. nobody chooses to be this nobody chooses to be black nobody chooses to be yellow brown you know if I was to say something, what I'm saying, what you're saying right now, if I was to put in a few words mm-hmm. and um, exemplify my personality, you can be anything you want to be. Because I, I like that aspect of anarchy too. There's chaos in order mm-hmm. and order and chaos. And literally, you can be anything you want to be. And I've recently understood that no matter what I say to certain people, they'll understand what they're ready to understand mm-hmm. and what they see. I can say what I say to you, but you will hear what you hear. Mm -hmm. You get me? And so that's why you can say something to somebody and they'll think you're a psycho. Mm -hmm. And then you say the same thing to somebody else. They'll be like, oh, you're onto something. Mm -hmm. You see what you're seeking, you see, because what you're interacting with is actually yourself, right? It gets deep. What you're interacting with is actually yourself. And so, therefore, I tell people they can be whatever they want to be because actually when you even speak about you're a human being Mm -hmm. and you'll see many people recently they are pushing the definitions of a a human human being being. Uh and that's for what are you referring to i'm referring to everything from identity everything to sexual orientation everything to organization of 
relationships because there's all these different patterns to relationships and we're seeing so many different dynamics pop out. A lot of people will argue the whole right and wrong, but again, it's fun. Choose a side. It's fun, Mm -hmm. but it's happening in front of you. What's happening is real. Mm -hmm. People will like to argue whether what's happening is good or bad, Mm -hmm. but it's happening and you have to accept that it's happening and try to see how that fits in the dimensions that you have already come to understand because it's happening. I ask people, okay, well, you think it doesn't fit. Okay, you think it doesn't fit. So if you're saying you think it doesn't fit, then Mm -hmm. you're saying that you possibly know what fits. Okay, well, you can search until your face goes blue and you're in the ground. But at the end of the day, we have been searching forever. Where we stand now, we stand on the shoulders of those that came before us. Mm -hmm. And that is for a very, very long line. And people will say, okay, it's... We're very recent in the existence of the universe, but the matter of the fact is that off of all this time we've spent on here, we've only understood, we can say it's a lot, but the reason why we can also say it's so little is because we actually do not know the quantity of it. We don't know the limits. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why we can't, we can say both and we can't say either, right? Right. Because we don't know the limits. Therefore, it's happening in front of you. That means now you can try to fit somewhere in what I have come to kind of ponder upon the thought that's fallen into my head is that there is an experience that we are subject to in the term of spiritually, okay, that we feel that we are more or we are inside this case that is the human body we feel that there is something in here and that thing that is in here is not subject to all these laws that are down here in fact only down here do we see these effects of it physically but the things that begin are actually starting in these dimensions of what we cannot see what we cannot understand because in fact everything that we've come to study is the things that we can measure Mm -hmm. but you can get into the quantum discussions of things and see that at these small to even say the word small is 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 not the right word at this level that's this minute level Mm -hmm. there is something happening and you're just seeing the it's not even the end of it but you're you've missed out already on so much information Mm -hmm. right now you're getting the physical information so what is being projected towards us right now is another one of those effects, right? There's something we do not understand and it fits and it's happening. So when it comes to say base reality, right? You and I sitting here, the microphone here, computer here. When you say you can be anything, Mm. to what extent do you mean you can be anything? Can to I the mean, extent, to the extent where can you be uh, a dragon? You know, we have to bring in identity politics. We have people who are now identifying as all sorts of things. Mm. You know, forty, sixty-year-old man identifies as a seven-year-old girl. Mm. You know, is that is that a possibility? Is that something? Is that I guess is that logical? 
when you say you can be anything, are you saying anything that's also logically impossible or just anything that's logically possible? Well, I'll say this. You can be whatever people are going to let you be. Interesting. Because you can be anything you want to be, but, but there's certain things that are around us. If you think of it, of it like a bowling alley, you can throw this bowling ball anywhere, but if it goes too far, mm-hmm. you're going to get into what I think is called the gutter, and it's got no choice but to fall in line because it's going to be forced to be in line. So that's why when a collection of people are together, certain things, certain discoveries end up being stumbled upon. Like if you go and start killing everyone, it's not going to be good for me. So you can't do that. Mm -hmm. Even though you can do whatever you want to, if you do that, eventually certain things are going to happen to you and nobody can stop that. It's like the gutter, right? And so we are exploring things and we are just start, we're push, we're actually getting, we're pushing to find that gutter. Where we're, we've gotten so precise that we don't move by tens anymore. We move by milliseconds. We're that precise and that accurate in our, in our, in the way that we're moving in, in the sense of our advancements or explorations as a society. Or, you know, we just recently realized that, hey, you know, we can let people love whoever they want to love and it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And we've, pushed it and yeah it's been something for a long time but anyways we pushed it and then we're figuring out okay they can be a sexual orientation that they believe they want to be and people are fighting about it but they have no choice they're gonna they are gonna push it but see the whole point is like you asked can you be that extreme that you just pointed out right there i think if there's a society that's willing to let you Mm -hmm. yes you can and because you can if there's a society willing to let you that is very much something you can do. However, there are effects that you're going to have to face, like mm-hmm. effects for anything, right? You mean consequences to your actions or? Consequences as far as you yourself exploring yourself mm-hmm. and have you, it's your job to find your truth. Mm-hmm. Society can't do that for you. So, excuse me. So you can do these things but out of these things you have to find your balance right people are finding recently not recently for a long time that if you have an excess of you know sexual activity mm-hmm. you're not going to be very balanced mm. right you're trying to be balanced here people are finding out if you have an excess of sexual activity you're going to have a hard time being loyal right and that's a big part of balance right? It's all these things that are your job because if you don't do it, it's not, you don't have to worry about jail. You have to worry about how you're going to sleep at night, Mm -hmm. right? How are you going to sleep at night? So what you're going to do is going to have effects physically, yes, but psychologically also. Mm. And when you decide that you want to pass information down to a young child that you care for very much, Mm -hmm. you got to hand down some very good information, Mm -hmm. information that is going to have, because everything is about probability. Yeah. So the information has to be so good that even when the kid does whatever the kid wants to, it's going to be like a, like a rock, like a, like a fat, like an anchor Mm. that they won't fall too far Okay. because that information was so good. Yeah. So it sucks Whenever you hand down information to a child and you just f- watch the child fall into madness, 
Yeah. It's all about you, how you're going to interact with yourself. Right. So what do you think then of the, um, what do you think then of um, the, within our current culture, the identity of victimhood that's so prevalent? You know, because presumably, of course, there is, there, you're always going to find some rotten apple in a big group. But for the most part, I think um, the people who play a sort of victimhood mentality, they're not necessarily doing out, ne- not necessarily doing it out of, bad intention they're doing it out of good intention you know mm-hmm. like one common one that you and i have discussed about is um um certain people will say the continent of africa yeah is in shambles only because of mm. uh colonization and they kind of yeah. just keep it that 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 you know that very uh-huh. trivial simple level yeah and they're not saying it necessarily because <clears throat> they were uh, they just won't play the victim game. I think some of them are genuinely, th- genuinely think, "Hey, you know, it seems like this is the root cause, and yeah. we're just going to keep it here." Uh-huh. So then, when it comes to these kinds of people, yeah. people who play a lot of victim, victim cards, what would you say to that? What would you say to them? Well, what can be observed when we look at the example of you know specifically because. You know, uh, I have a bias towards it mm-hmm. because I'm from there, right? Mm-hmm. We look at the continent of Africa and we look at what has happened to Africa and continues to happen to Africa. A number of things have always happened and continue to happen. Actually, the same thing always has happened and continues to happen. And that's that there are enemies that will, that come from two directions, internally and externally. Mm-hmm. Everything is just working internally and externally sync in sync right so the issue here that a lot of people can put on the external factors such as colonizers or uh multinational companies mm-hmm. and uh po- political parties and you know all these other countries whatever they can put on them they can also put on the individuals actually they could most most of the time put even more on the corruption that is internally within it's so easy to put the corruption on the leaders because in fact i feel like the leaders have one some of the toughest jobs to do and and the corruption is actually within the heart of men and women yeah generally generally yeah the 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 corruption is within the heart of all right and so when you look at corruption within a government I have observed that if there's corruption within a government, it is because it is within the people. Because the government is only a small percentage of the huge population that is the people. Mm. Mm. And the government actually has supporters that are in the population. Mm -hmm. And the government, it's the government's job to evolve all the way to the point where everyone, for the most part, is a probability thing, is content, right? However, that victimhood that comes from blaming the external, again, it can be fun. Because I'm uh, uh, everything is poetic too, 
you know? So there's a poetry to it. It's like everything else. It can be fun. You can do that if you want to, and you can learn from it. Mm -hmm. That's why I can't tell you that it's wrong or it's right, because there are so many ways to that destination that is balance, right? But through it, you will end up seeing that the power, the safety, the answer is in you, is for you to the question is for you to answer, right? The question of what should I do? What should they do? Because you see the problem and you're looking for the answer. Well, guess what? It's in you. That's why a lot of people, I have, there's this thought that is even manifested in quotes mm. in front of me, which was, you change yourself, you change the world. You mm. work on yourself, you work on the world. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people can talk about how we're in a tyrannical society and a tyrannical world and it's so racist and it's so such and such. Yeah. But when I look at my life and I look at everything that has happened in front of me, I swear to you, I cannot say I came from a racist, tyrannical world. Hmm. And I came from Africa. I did not that, see that, an indoor totally... washroom until I came here. Right. And my first interaction with a white person, he spat on my face and called me a nigger. Really? And I cannot tell you that I have experienced or have come from a racist or tyrannical world. And the reason is actually uh-huh. because the world that you come from, mm-hmm. you yourself are actually so big that a, to call you a world is, again, that example of a small division, the small fives in the grand two that make the one ten. It is, you can actually be as big as a universe. We can even do it scientifically. We look at your eye, it can look like a galaxy. We look at your cells, they can work, they work in the same way that everything else in the universe is working. And in fact, we look inside of you and the same elements in you is the same elements in the star. Mm -hmm. You can be so huge. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, if you want your world to be racist, you can make it racist. That's your world. Really? That's your world. It's not my world. Interesting. But this is like in stark contrast to what many people would say. You know, it's it's uh, many cultural elites would say, no, we are indeed in a racist world. You know, we are living in it. Yes. We, it's everywhere around us. But you're saying the total opposite. Even though someone called you the N-word and uh, spat on you, uh, which is insane. Yeah. But you're like, no, I don't live in a racist world. Why would you say that, though? You know, I mean, I mean, I'm sure you've gone to be to honest. Chronologic, if we put it in chronological <laughs> order, after I got my face spat on, I beat his ass. <laughs> you know, it's only after a long time, yeah, that you of can maturing say maturing and thinking critically huh. and looking and evolving and growing and finding myself that I can say that I did not come from a racist world, right? Because you look at something from a small perspective, like the way an ant looks at a hill, mm-hmm. right? That's a, that's Mount Everest to it. Mm-hmm. then the way you look at it is completely different yeah, yeah. so that's why to transcending whatever has occurred essentially i'm transcending transcending myself because the thing is what other people say to you and that's why i have a, a huge issue with words and that's why i have a huge a huge issue with rap music because it's so big on words i'm telling you i love words in battle rap i love that because it's <laughs> that's where words are really nice <laughs> you know words are just wow you know but I have a huge issue with me myself saying so much because because you want to say are, a lot with little less words. 
But the reason is because words are not enough. I think the strongest things don't need to be said. I think the strongest things mm. do not need any words. In fact, that's why the deaf can get around. Mm-hmm. Yeah? That's interesting. That's why the deaf could get around even before sign language. Mm-hmm. Yeah? That's why there's been some great samurais in the times of the Japanese when, you know, the whole samurai thing was so huge. I have stumbled upon some great samurais who were deaf, but they could connect so well with the things around them. Yeah. And it's like words are in fact, I've come to find to like a thought that just has grown up. You know, there's certain things I think about for a lot of things I think about for a long time. And one of the things was the ineffectiveness of words. Mm -hmm. It's actually one of the first things we have done when you look at our evolution. You know, even though people can say, okay, no, this and this happened before that. I think language is one of the things we realize. No, I have to be able to communicate with you right now and I have to be able to convince you. I have to, no, I need assurance that me and you are on the same page. Yep. Yeah. Because people were able to communicate way before they mm-hmm. were able to say words and right. put an alphabet to it and right. make sure that they could put it on paper. Yeah. They just needed assurance. And what's the whole thing of assurance? That's the whole thing of, a lessening of faith, a lessening of hope. Not hope, more faith. Okay. Yeah. Digressing yourself to that, what people can describe as a lower frequency. So when people say things like, we come from this and here, and they try to convince you of something, yeah. the truth doesn't need any convincing. The truth doesn't need any preacher. The truth doesn't need any one to advocate for it because but it's in everything. It seems like truth would need an advocate, you know, because you, I would disagree because it would seem that some certain truths need to be advocated for. So uh, an example would be, you know, um, I'm trying to think of an example. So say a scientific truth. We're talking about scientific truth. Let's say uh, the laws of thermodynamics or something, right? Okay. That's true. Yeah. But if no one taught you that, you would never know. So, So you need an advocate, a teacher to teach you that. That's and then fair. you and then you can go in and you know do all the equations behind your like and then you come to a self realization yeah. oh yeah because what happens is somebody can tell you the truth of something yeah but there are certain truths where where you have to actually come to that yourself and then you have this like an epiphany you're like oh this is true in that yeah. sense yeah but I don't think. I think certain truths need to be advocated for. Mm. You know, you got to you got to teach people things. I mean, yeah. See, the example you used, I agree with it wholeheartedly, the truth, but you see, when I think of an advocate, um I think of somebody who is trying to convince someone that something is true because okay. the other person doesn't believe them. Okay. Cuz you see when when we speak about your example, very much so, somebody needs to teach you. Excuse me, something so you know, detailed and, 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 um, critical, like mm-hmm. the laws of thermodynamics. And, you know, when you get into the, even the deep mathematics of such things as calculus and such, you know, and you can get a lot from someone else teaching you. Yeah. But you can also see that the first person kind of who, let's say, discovered or stumbled upon them, there was something in front of them that just they could not, that was so, that was so evident that they could manipulate it. And so it being so evident, 
if you disagree with it and you're trying to get something done and you need this thing that is so evident to get it done, but you don't believe it, then when you try it, you're going to fail and you're going to fail over and over and over again until you apply this thing. That's why when I start speaking to you about the laws of thermodynamics, mm-hmm. I can act as a catalyst for it. I can act as a, as a, as a influence as far as, you know, regurgitating what I have just stumbled upon or what I have observed. However, this thing speaks for itself because when you try it, you will fail. Mm-hmm. And that is why you are right. However, these things that are truth, okay. yeah, they are truth before we are able to explain them. That, that are, yes, that's yeah. true. That's why whatever can come out of you hearing them is whatever you make it to be, mm. but it's not cr- important okay. in so. this grand scheme of what I am trying to articulate as communication. Yeah. Whenever now I am speaking, right? That's why when we're talking about me making music, mm-hmm. I also don't like speaking so much. Mm. I understand my voice is something that has a pretty cool frequency, yeah? So when I speak, a lot of people can indulge in that, yeah? And it can distract them. But see, there are more powerful things that I want to connect, help people connect with. And that is them connecting with themselves. So one of the nice things I want to do is play music, create a space where there are no words. And that's why classical music is so powerful. When you look at all this music that's coming out today, a lot of things are sampled from this and sampled from that, but it goes all the way to the just sounds. Mm-hmm. And to people, when you ask people, what's just sounds? They'll say classical music. A mm-hmm. lot of people will just say classical music is just sounds. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a bunch of sounds and it's put together cool. You know, they thought it was cool. But at the end of the day, it's this grand 10 that can be devised into these small fives, Right that we now consume at a, at a at only a two minute and 30 second portion. Yeah. See, I want to give people, and that's why when people ask me, you're a musician, well, they ask me, okay, why are you a musician? Mm-hmm. They don't usually ask me, but I tell them why I'm a musician. I say, I'm a musician, but I'm a musician. Yes, I can play instruments. I'm getting better at it too, mm-hmm. but that's not why I'm a musician. I'm a musician because... My life is the musical staff, this musical sheet. Every decision I make is a note, okay? Mm -hmm. And when you play it from beginning to end, you will now hear the music of my life, Mm -hmm. yeah? That is why I'm a musician, yeah? Because every decision I make, when you play from beginning and end, it's going to have a beautiful ring to it. Okay, interesting. So you're seeing your whole life as a long piece of music. Music, 100%. That's what it is. That's how I understand it. Do you think think people in this world would live a better life if they saw it as that? If you saw, if they said, look, at the end of your life, you know, let's just hypothetically say, it's going to, your your life, we're going to play back your life. Mm. It's going to be, it's going to come down to, did you, did you uh, create good music mm. or crappy music? Mm. You know, and you told, and you were able to convince people of this. Do you think yeah. that the world or the people you convince would live a better life 
If they had this meta view. Honestly, I think if people have a meta view, Mm -hmm. a meta view, they would, it would serve a better purpose as far as connecting things. Because you you, you have to kind of zoom in and zoom out, zoom in and zoom out Mm -hmm. to connect the dots. It's not important that they see it the way I see it. And that's why, that's why there's so many people on this planet, you know, even though everyone is connected and even though there's that grand one, there's so many people because there are infinite amount of possibilities and the grand one is interested in exploring itself. That's where we are. Mm -hmm. We explore ourselves and we explore ourselves in our choices and we each have a personality. When we take these personalities and we put them together, we get this great company mm-hmm. then we look oh this company can still be corrupt and then we look at it as a okay as a, as a, as a whole country and then we're like okay well the government it can get corrupt and then mm-hmm. we look at it as a connection of nature and then we see oh within nature there's even you know natural disasters there's death even in there and then we have no choice but to see how everything is actually in fact one the things that you disagree with mm-hmm. are important as important as the things that you agree with. Mm-hmm. It's not important that you're convinced of it. In fact, it's so not important that you're convinced of it that it's going to keep happening no matter how much you advocate against it. It is going to keep happening. And what is happening is important to accept because it's happening. It comes back to what I was saying before. Whether you like it or not, it's fun to talk about it, mm-hmm. but it's happening. Accept it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why these two things that are what you accept and what you don't accept work as one, exploring itself which is why you play an important role in finding out what it is that you have to focus on Mm -hmm. so you can contribute to that grand collection of information so should would you do you think that there is a meta truth truth that transcends culture and time and and uh people yes Yes. I think there is transcends in the sense that it's true objectively, no matter what people say about it. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't use the word objectively. I'd say it's so true that no matter what you do, you cannot avoid it. I would say, and if I was to even if I was to even divide that into something even more simple, you have a choice, but you don't have a choice. So you can explore no matter what you want to explore, right? Mm-hmm. But there's certain laws that you're going to end up. It's not. No one has to convince. Of, convince yourself of it you're you're gonna bump into them over and over again like if you go and you just murder and you just do all these horrible things Mm -hmm. a lot of horrible things psychologically are gonna happen to you Mm -hmm. and you're you gotta put yourself back together and Mm -hmm. and you know i can go on and on with the um, uh, amount of tragedies and we see that if you are somebody who doesn't react to these tragedies there's even something more sinister within that has to be balanced you know Mm. and it's so sinister that we're willing to drug you so you just don't do anything because even that's better than that thing that is within you that you cannot fix, you see? That's why what is this meta-truth that transcends is so huge that we can completely ignore it, but and it's still going to be present in our lives and working in our lives. Okay, so so you don't want to use objective because it, well, why why would you not use the objective for this I case? Not, I would not use objective because of the point that ignorance is bliss. Mm. What I mean by ignorance is bliss is that what you see, you seeing something and explaining it is not important. Okay. Now, see, you 
are in a great position, you yourself as an individual, because you are thinking coherently, mm-hmm. coherently, mm-hmm. you are thinking critically, and you're able to access a number of resources. A lot of people can't. All the way to people having a disability, mentally, whatever, mm-hmm. right? So if we go back to the laws of nature and survival of the fittest, those that are disabled cannot go. But then there's something deeper that we realize, and it's that, hey, no, I can help those that are disabled continue. So no, that is actually not the case. And then as you keep going, you start seeing when you look at it from a macro that even if you cannot explain what's happening around you, it's not important Hmm. because what you cannot explain is actually at the core of it all. Even though I cannot say that that person who's a vegetable is doing anything Mm -hmm. the fact that i cannot say is more important than all the things i can say because the things that i cannot explain are at the core of everything i can explain so the objectiveness of things it is something that is resourceful and very helpful Mm -hmm. whenever we're getting into the details and we're getting into precision and we're getting into creativity and making engineering the details of what's objective is very important but even if we couldn't do that and we were nothing but a cell Mm -hmm. inside of something or we were a cockroach Mm -hmm. right things would still be organized and working just fine so do you see people or persons individuals as a collection of multiple other individuals like cells and whatever else? Or do you see, in your opinion, do you see people or persons as a whole, a united whole or individuals? I'll be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I'll be very honest with you because I have to be because I'm speaking with words, not writing. I'm so used to interviews of writing. So I had to be careful with what I say, but I'll be honest with you now that I'm speaking. When I think about how I see people, everyone in the grand scheme of things, right? I see everyone the way you would observe a a cloud of smoke. Yeah. When you, when you observe a cloud of smoke, it's just this thing that's in motion. Yeah. It's just this thing that's in motion. Mm -hmm. If you even look at pictures of what the farthest we can observe all these multi universes, the farthest structure you'll notice of, of reality. You'll notice that as we zoom out of the world and zoom out of the universe, everything kind of starts looking like neurons and it starts looking like these connections of like a spider web, mm-hmm. you know? And it, that is synonymous to this whole thing of a cloud of smoke because there's this motion that's happening. And if you zoom into this cloud of smoke, you will realize that there is what can be described as infinite intelligence. Yeah. And this infinite intelligence, okay, expresses itself through what can be also described as infinite energy, yeah? And this infinite energy, it gets so precise that it has consciousness. And this consciousness is also so precise, right, that it can work with the macro and the micro. And it can look at them as opposites Mm -hmm. or it can look at them as a whole. But the way I look at it is literally just a motion, a motion that is going. And when we get detailed, 
we now start thinking you you now get into your mind when you get so when you zoom in into mm-hmm. this motion this cloud of smoke when you zoom into the farthest farthest level you end up getting into your head and now you're thinking why because the individual is the farthest yeah the clo- like the smallest you can get into this the individual but in fact the individual and that macro are one the same the way the same way that poles of a magnet in fact, if you break a magnet in two or you cut it in two, it's the poles are not all of a sudden just going to be on one magnet and the other. It splits into the poles now go into the other magnet, mm-hmm. right? So now you split that into two, right? And now you got four poles, right? On these two magnets, right? It's the same. They're one. They're not opposites. Mm-hmm. They're actually one. Yeah. And that's the same thing from the individual to the macro, which is society or whatever, okay. all the way to that smoke that is everything. So you you That's always would you say that would you say that we are all part of one large consciousness, cl- similar to um, uh, Hinduism or Buddhism? In the very yes, I would very much say we're all part of one large consciousness. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, we're so all feeding into one large. We're all feeding. So, do you think in the future we'll get to a point where we can access each other's minds? A thousand percent. Yeah, a thousand percent. We're already seeing that already because there's a lot of through what's like social media. Exactly. Mm. A lot of people are putting things on social media, and they're not even thinking about other people seeing them. They're mm-hmm. just like venting. And, and it's, it's almost subconscious mm-hmm. how some people are just doing things and then they take it, they take it back. And it's even, it can even be conscious because they do it consciously, but they don't critically think about it. Mm-hmm. And when you look at critical thinking and you look at just being conscious, critical thinking can, and consciousness can be synonymous to consciousness and unconsciousness. Mm-hmm. Critical thinking would be consciousness and not thinking critically can be unconsciousness. Yeah. That's the, it's, it's all one and the same. So, all to the point where now when we talk about technology mm-hmm. that can tap into your thoughts, mm-hmm. we can see, you know, Elon Musk is this thing called Neuralink that That's he's right. working on, yeah. right? And it's very much connected in, though it's working through physical parameters, mm-hmm. it's not the way we just naturally think of mind reading, mm-hmm. right? But there is something linked there. Yeah, that's working. And we're just going to get better with this technology. And I think at some point we will be able to get vivid information from just what you're thinking. Yeah. In fact, because we can do it physically, we could also do it not in a, in a non-physical way. In fact, I think we've always, there's always been people that have been able to do that in a non-physical way. I think so. What I mean is that the things that we describe as the paranormal. Okay, is the things that a lot of people have a hard time wrapping their mind around because they're trying to measure things. Yeah. Well, what can happen in the paranormal can also happen in the physical. Yeah. Hey, when you say paranormal, you're talking non-material or non-material, some sort. Non-material, of- right? So the non-material working with the material world. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Getting to the non-material world through the material world is an example of me using Neuralink. Mm-hmm. to figure out what you want without you having to type it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though it's very physical, there are things that are happening at the very beginning that are non-physical and I'm extracting that through the physical. Well, you can do that 
by working with the non-physical consciously, right, and affecting the physical. As simple as your thoughts attracting things. That's one of the simple ways. Like, like, like the people will dilute it to the law of attraction. But the actual Mm -hmm. fact of the matter is, when you put out this thought, right, and you focus on it for so much. Uh Your physical is gonna follow. So if you think about getting in shape so much, yeah. you're you're gonna start looking up how to do it, and you're gonna mm. end up spending the money to buy the things, and you're you're gonna do it. Right, yeah? right. That's a very simple way. So you're you're talking. So you you would make the distinction in that our thoughts, our intentionalities, our our mind generally yeah. is non-material, exactly, and it can affect our material self. Yeah. So. What would you say to someone who doesn't believe that? You know, doesn't believe that there are none, that we are only f- physical, only material. There's mm-hmm. nothing immaterial about it. Our mind is just, an, uh, the our consciousness is just an illusion, like Daniel Dennett, the philosopher. Mm-hmm. I would tell them, I would tell them that's okay. They don't need to be convinced because it all comes back to the truth, not needing an advocate. So what happens here is that you're going to explore the physical, right? And it's one of those things that, the you know a lot of people don't like to hear because mm-hmm. there's no winner right and it's only at the end of your life when you'll be able to answer for yourself right but the whole thing is you're going to do all the physical things you possibly can do and then when you're on your deathbed you're going to think of all the non-physical things you're going like to think what? about oh why didn't i you know call my mom a little more mm-hmm. why didn't i be more nicer to my you know brothers sisters mm-hmm. why didn't i why wasn't i you know, why was I so mean to so many people? You're going to think about things like that. Yeah. And you can look at it. You can look at quotes of people on their deathbed. They speak about non-physical things. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not talking about, oh, man, I wish I made 10,000, 10, 10 more millions or 100 more millions, you know. So at that point, it's like, you're not thinking about that. In fact, I follow a guy, this guy's podcast, his name is Jocko. You know, oh, Jocko, Jocko Willink. Willink you know? Yeah, man. And, and it's very important. I think it's very important for everybody to work with the knowledge of the experience that comes from not knowledge but work with the experiences of soldiers because yeah. death is one of those things that we try to turn an eye away mm-hmm. you know and act like we it's not there it as much as possible exactly but those that th- run at it face yeah. first with bravery right they can teach you a lot they can connect the things you're struggling with yeah mm-hmm. and you will see that even for them one big thing that i ended up hearing is how when they come back home from war mm-hmm. now they're worrying about money they're worrying about this they're worrying about that they're worrying about that and then when they go to war now they're like man like yeah they might get excited but something that happens to a lot of them is that they want to be with the loved ones now they're thinking about their mom mm-hmm. thinking about all those all those people you know when they get in those close to death interactions thinking about that and that's what they look forward to when they're going home they're mm-hmm. looking forward to that mm-hmm. You know, and so that is very much at the core of it. You know, even if you think the physical is everything, that is okay because the truth needs no advocate. Yeah. When you work with the physical, you will realize that it doesn't matter if you can run a million miles per hour. You know, it's not going to change the fact that if you're running a million miles per hour while you're depressed, it means nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can, you can jump. 10,000 feet and and fly anywhere you want to in a, in a blink of an eye you can get in a nice car and you know get anywhere faster than anybody you can get in a rocket and go to mars all you want mm-hmm. but if you go to mars depressed it doesn't mean anything 
<laughs> yeah. That's why a lot of people are forgetting. Yeah. yeah. That's why when you listen to certain scientists, like recently Neil deGrasse Tyson was on the Joe Rogan show and okay. podcast recently, and a lot of people were chewing him out because he was, he was, yes, he was, you know, uh, he was very, uh, what's the word for it? He was, um, he was just cutting him off so much. He was, was cutting, cutting him, off? Neil was cutting Joe Rogan off oh, okay. so much. He was so, I wouldn't say obnoxious, but he's just, you know, just like cutting. Rude? Ru- not rude, but. Abrupt. His, his abrupt. His personality is just so abrupt. It's like, it's like he knows what you're going to say before you even say it. Uh-huh. And then what he's going to say, he's expecting it to be the end of it because he knows so much. Mm-hmm. And so even when you say something, he's going to tell you the details of the things he knows. Mm-hmm. And then the thing is for the audience, you hear him say all these details. And as impressive as they are, they come out so shallow because you're Mm. like, they mean nothing. Interesting. Because what Joe Rogan is trying to get to is that thing that's inside that you feel, right? Mm. The fact that you feel that there's energy that can be put out and, and, and it can be put out without, without having to, you know, when you talk about the vision of Nikola, you know, and you talk about, you know, even the climate and you talk about so many things happening, you know, there's a lot of things that scientists, right? We'll just get so technical and so detailed. But the thing is, the details don't matter because ignorance is bliss. What you feel Mm. is actually the only thing that's important, you know, because what you feel is what's real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you go to Mars depressed. Mm -hmm. You're going to feel that. That's going to affect everything. Mm. That's why depression can even change the colors you see, bro. Really? It really can. I know someone who was depressed, someone very close to me, and they told me literally every color they saw was gray. They couldn't see color. They couldn't. And they painted, one of the exercises was to, was to put, was to use these crayons and, and, and a kid, the thing a kid would do, just, Mm -hmm. you know, color in the lines of of this prince's book, you know? And once they did it, they were like, wow, like, yeah, they could see colors, but it just, it, like what you see is not important. It doesn't feel like, you know what I mean? When you see green, when you see blue, you feel something. It was all the same to them. Mm-hmm. It was gray, you know? And so all this, when they painted and filled in the color and the lines, yeah. all of a sudden they were seeing beauty again. And mm-hmm. It was like so something so big for them, mm-hmm. you know? That's why what you feel is what's real, man. Mm-hmm. That's why people kill themselves, even if they're rich, Yeah, you know? Because what they feel is what's real. Yeah. Yeah, that's why people will kill themselves just because you won't let them love who they want to love. Mm. It doesn't matter, you know, how much money they got or whatever, how many girls are around them. That's why some people will do crazy things, you know, that that some people might deem as crazy even, you know, and it can be crazy physically, but they will go to such lengths because the physical does not matter because what they feel is all that's there. Mm. It's, 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 it's. Reminds me of um, how during the Enlightenment era, we uh, in once we made the world very mechanical, we started understanding the world as a big machine and human beings as big machines. What ended up happening is that we split our experience into two. Yeah. One is the measurable, the quant- quantitative things you can quantify, you yeah. know, and then the non-quantifiable things. So the qualitative things, which would be like how you perceive the color red. This yeah. red right here, yeah. you perceive it certain, like in a certain way that perhaps I don't perceive it. Mm. You know, there's a f- there's a feeling that comes with that, and then things like pain, yeah. love. Yeah. You feel these things. You can't quantify them. Mm. You could quantify. It. You could say I love you so much, mm. but sometimes so much is you're like, well, so not much enough. is like not enough. Yeah. You know, this pain hurts, mm. but it's not the 
it doesn't hurt, doesn't capture enough of it. So then we get to the point where we're like, okay, okay, we can quantify lots of things. You know, we can quantify. We started quantifying, okay, the frequency yeah. of colors, you know, like the wavelengths of colors and we can the sounds yeah. and how they're, you know, all these different patterns. And there's this famous uh, thought experiment in philosophy called um, Mary Mary's Room or something. I forget okay. what the actual name is called, but it's where they say the, the philosopher, um, he says, okay, just, just suppose that there's this woman, Mary, and mm. she's stuck in a black and white room mm. and all she ever experiences is black and white. Mm. Her whole, her, whole, her whole experience is black and white, mm. but she reads. She's an expert in color. Mm. She's read all the books there. It's about color. She mm. knows what the different wavelengths are for these different colors. You know, mm. she knows what red, the, the frequency of red, whatever it is. She knows everything there is to know about colors. Mm. Now suppose that someone lets her out of this black and white room mm. and hands her a red apple. Yeah. The question is, what does she see? Does she already know that it's red? Yeah. Or is she experiencing something new? Mm. And the thought experiment is she's experienced something new yeah. that she hasn't experienced in the book. Because yeah. it's different when you're describing the color red mm. than when you actually see it. Mm. And that's what it reminds me of what you're saying. Mm. You know, there seems to be something more to it than just the physical aspect. Yeah, 100%. And it's, but it's tough, you know. It's, it's tough because I think sometimes people find that too many people will focus on the emotional, the 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 sensational part. Mm. You know, like okay, I don't feel like let's just say I don't feel like working out today. Okay, so I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, you know, even though in your mind you're like I should work out because I'm fat. Yeah, or, I should work out because I'm fit. But then yeah. you're like, too many of us depend on our emotions rather than our intellect. Yeah, and the the balance is not there. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's tough to find that balance. It's true. It's true. But I think and that's where when we talk about if balance is so important um, and we can see how tough it is to find balance or, or some do some people eventually find that balance, you know, and that that's where you similar to what you feel is something that is beyond what is measurable, um, what can be measured. Um, you now have to look at your own growth and try to get a better image of yourself now where are you going hmm. yeah where is this growth going where is this thing that you're feeling so you're depressed right and you want yeah. you want to feel better okay now you feel better yeah where is this going hmm. yeah that's another question that you have to answer for yourself but i think that similar to what we observe in plants mm-hmm. and i like to use the grass because okay. the grass is or dandelions because no matter how many how many times you cut it, mm-hmm. it'll it'll grow. Yeah, the grass does not need you to do anything. In fact, any plant, um, it knows how to grow. It just needs the right um, conditions. Combinations, conditions, yeah. right? And I'll I'll think of it as a I like to think of it as a sequence or a combination. I like to think of it in numbers. Okay. That's the world I'm in right now. Um, when you put when you are trying to evaluate an equation or balance an equation, you have to make sure the two sides, right? Or or you want to prove, you know, you have to balance out the two sides, right? And if the two sides don't balance, then it's 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 what can be um can't exist. Yeah, it can't exist, right? So it's so important that 
we remember that when we are looking at our growth, mm-hmm. it's similar to the grass in the way that the conditions are not something that is required of us to necessarily meet because we have a a choice to enhance further our progression, right? Put the pedal to the metal Mm -hmm. and explore to our heart's content. Mm -hmm. But even if we don't move, we're almost like standing on this slow treadmill that is just moving forward. Even if we don't move, we are standing on a treadmill that is going one direction and that's forward. So no matter how much you don't want to grow, eventually your physical body is going to get taller and you're going to be faced with more and more information and you are going to work with all this information and you are going to organize it no matter how much you try to not do it. And we can speak for those that are disabled and question on if they really do it or not. But like we already know, there's so much we don't know about the people that are disabled, mm-hmm. yeah, especially their consciousness. Huh? So growth is unavoidable. Mm-hmm. Because it's unavoidable, I ask people now, okay, when we talk about death, right? And that's why it's so important to listen to these experiences, right? Because you ask yourself, okay, is there life after death? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people try to get the answer from someone else, mm-hmm. right? Try to find someone else to convince them. But I, I think it's as simple as this. When I ask you, when you feel to yourself, feel to yourself everything that's around you. And I ask certain people, because I've actually asked people, I said, hey, do you think, can you tell me something that you can observe that ends, you know, that ends? And and they'll, they'll use a certain example, but they'll also, they'll then realize that, you know, it doesn't ultimately end. You know, it just, what happens is what comes after is something they can't explain, right? So in the way that you cannot get rid of the grass. And even if you nuke the earth, the earth is going to do its own thing and eventually grass is going to come back. You know what I mean? And you look at numbers because I'm in a mathematical world and I'm dealing with numbers that don't end. You know what I mean? We all have dealt with this. You know what I mean? These type of numbers, you know, irrational numbers, right? And you look at your life now and I ask you, do you feel like you're going to end? Most people just tell me, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, it's not important what they say because I've already asked myself that question. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm going to end. Sure, there's a physical phenomena that's going to occur at a certain stage in my life where you won't be able to see me do anything anymore. That's literally it. You won't be able to see me do anything anymore. Right? But I think that this life is already evident enough that there's a lot more happening around what you can't see than there is happening within the frequency of the light that you can't see. Yeah? There's a lot more happening within the frequency of the sound that you can't hear than is happening within the frequency of the sound that you can hear. Yeah? And so, I do not feel, when I actually look up, feel, when I feel inside of myself, mm-hmm. am I going to end? I do not feel like I'm going to end, but I think you have to be a, you have to be passionate in order to feel that you're not going to end. You have to really focus. You have to really focus, yeah? Because when you're nonchalant about yourself, it's easy for you to be like, "Ah, oh, I don't care. 
I don't know. I don't care. It's easy. But seeking requires passion. Mm -hmm. It requires you to have a desire. Mm -hmm. Seeking is desire. You need to desire it. I mean, that's the only way you learn. You know, you got to have that desire. But not only do you have to have desire, you have to have persistence. You have to do it when you don't feel like doing it. Mm. You know, if you're wanting to learn, you have to learn. You have to read when you don't feel like reading. Mm. You got to go do something that you don't feel like. You got to ask the questions, the hard questions. Yeah. So, I mean, like, do you fear when you say, you know, I feel like I'm not going to end, you know, do you fear death? Absolutely not. No. I welcome it. Now, it's interesting when I say that because it can sound dangerous. You know, because there's a fine line between thinking critically and thinking insanely. You know? <laughs> a lot of critical thinkers have, have, have mentioned that. There's a very blurred, fine line between thinking critically and thinking insanely. It's so blurred and it's so fine that we can say it's one of the same. Mm. Yeah. Why I say I welcome it. Yeah. It's because there is going to be so much more to learn when that day comes. Yeah. When death comes. When death comes, there's going to be so much more to learn through that experience and what's going to come forward. It's only going to be a forward progression. And what is happening here, I I value what's happening here so much, Mm -hmm. so much that I am spending every day to soak in and soak in and, and, and seek and enjoy and indulge as far as, as far as work with what's here in a in a sustainable because the 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 bias i have and the polarization i have is towards service and service to others that is the most efficient way i've come to understand my experience here how it plays with where i'm going after i leave mm-hmm. yeah it's all directed towards a higher degree a higher dimension of service, you know? And it gets so deep, it gets so deep that when you look at the sun and you look at what it does Mm -hmm. for us, no matter if there's war, no matter what happens, it's always shining. Mm -hmm. It shines on the just and it shines on the unjust. Mm -hmm. It warms us up. It gives us the beauty in the seasons. It gives us these vegetation. Mm -hmm. It gives us these diverse ecosystems Mm -hmm. and diverse physical beauties that we can observe in people even, you know, so much that you can see why it's been represented as the biggest representation of love Mm -hmm. as far as service to another Mm. with no... No, no desire of anything back. Right. Yeah. Because no matter what you do to the sun or to anyone, the sun is going to shine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're at that perfect spot where you get that amazing frequency, right? Which is why we're on the gold, in the Goldilocks zone. We're, we're just far enough for the right things to happen. Yeah. It's that magic number that is consonant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what is happening in areas like Mars is dissonant. Yeah. Because there's no such thing as good and bad. Just consonants and dissonance in music. When you talk about theory, there's no such thing as bad music and good music. Just music that has a lot of tension and doesn't sound good. That's dissonance, right? It creates tension. 
And there's music that has a rise in re- resolution of tension. And that builds the consonant sound that is evident within the degrees in what is known as a musical scale or a key. Yeah. All of these different degrees from one to seven and eight becoming the same as one because it's the octave has a characteristic. Yeah. And how they work together in combination makes that consonant sound. So when we look at our lives right now, it has to be consonant with where, 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 where we're going. Mm-hmm. So the things that you like and the things that you dislike, all of that is information for you to work with because when you feel that point of balance, you have found a point of consonance. And if you work with those points of consonance, you will have a life that is fruitful and you will move in the direction that works with what's going to come after. Right? So that's why some of the great books, some of the greatest religions teach about these points of consonance mm. that connect with what comes after, like love, patience, forgiveness, mm-hmm. mercy, right? These things, these are points of consonance that work as the spine works. It's the backbone, yeah, to where you're going, yeah? So you think when death occurs, right, do you, and you had previously said that, you know, we may eventually get to a point where we're all conscious of each other's consciousness. Mm. In your opinion, is it that, so there's this, let me tell you a story first about this guy that I met on a flight to LA. Okay. He was, an, he was a bone surgeon. Okay. He's an Indian guy, Indian American guy. And we got into a conversation about Christianity and Hinduism. Yeah. We got talking and he's telling me um, that he's like, as a Hindu, my goal is to become one with the one, mm. right? With the one who gives existence to all mm, things. That's a beautiful way to put it. That's he's like. That's my goal. My goal is to do so much good that when I die, I don't mm. reincarnate reincarnate into something lesser than yeah. me, or have to redo the whole life again. Mm. But it's to go and be join the one consciousness. Mm. Now, in your opinion, is that? Similar to what you're saying, is that? I think the details are not important. Such a thing, okay. the, the whole idea of you're going to come back as a certain thing. I think that is the knowledge that is not important for us to understand, right? That's why I don't think it's important for you to even say that part. Mm-hmm. For me personally, if yeah. somebody else says it, that's that's okay, right? But th- that's one of those information that's that speaks louder when you don't say it. It's one of those things that if you say it. You are doing a great. Dis, uh, you are doing a great. I, I believe you're doing an injustice to the magnitude of what you are actually trying to say. It's like the word logos. Mm-hmm. Uh, that word, the magnitude to the word logos, right? It's so huge that so many people have a hard time trying to get at it. Yeah, and, and the whole idea of love, even it's such a it's such a magnitude. So you just know that what you feel to be consonant is that when you do good you feel a spiritual growth within yourself which can be described as uh, a fueling of energy the way a, a car when it gets a full tank it feels you know you can kind of like imagine how a car feels when it gets that tank because you see when i do something good for someone inside that's how it feels it feels like something in me i just got this multiplication of energy right and even if i do something good and it 
doesn't feel that way a lot of times. What ends up happening as well is that later on, something even greater happens from that thing that I did. Even though I didn't feel that energy right away, it set an effect, right? It's like a ticking time, like a time bomb, right? It's like later on, it exploded in that little act that I did had such a huge effect, right? Like recently, an example of that is that act that my grandmother had, which was to nurture her children, starting with her firstborn, who is my mother, Mm. it ended up being such a huge effect that my mother flew her to Canada when she is in her elderly stage, in her 70s, Mm -hmm. gave her an opportunity to see a whole new world Mm -hmm. at a time where most people are not expecting to see anything new right she was able to see a whole new world and work with this you know other information right it's like that effect of love that effect that you feel it's so evident that it's been around forever that's why what that gentleman said which was connecting to that greater one Mm -hmm. that is what's happening because similar in music harmony is synonymous with consonants. You work with consonants and you can produce harmony. And that harmony is the combination that best fits, right? The place where everything fits, like a jigsaw puzzle. You got to turn it a certain piece for a certain way, a certain direction for it to fit, Mm -hmm. right? Once you do that, you have harmony, a harmonious effect, right? And that's what's happening. When you do these acts, you're getting closer and closer to that harmonious state, because you know you can do other things too. You can go and have, you know, intercourse with all these different people. And, you know, you can go and, you know, fight all these different people too. Yeah. You know, you can do so many things. But there's only certain things that work in consonance to that feeling that is, uh, di- uh, the, that feeling that is, uh, directional, um, that is directed towards harmony. There's only certain things that work on that level mm-hmm. yeah and that is what your friend is, is 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 describing yeah so the details are are people describe them in many ways many many different teachings many different philosophies mm-hmm. many different religions have all these different details but the details are not important you don't find the details to be that they're crucial. not they're not at all what do you think of the um because i know you you've said this a few times you said there is no right and wrong mm-hmm. there there is only the degrees in which your consonants and dissonance yeah. yeah but I, I would disagree but i want to know why you think there is no right and wrong because no matter how many bad things happen mm-hmm. in this world things are only going to get better and i say that okay well let's 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 test that all right we can test that through everything that's happened between now and the beginning of the earth right all these bad things have happened throughout history that we can list off right but look where we are now, right? And we can talk about all these ifs, ends, and buts. What if we didn't fight this? What if? But I think the fact that it happened goes to show that what happened was working in conjunction with this order that was always to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And that's if. That is, that works hand in hand with if you're going to do the dissonant things, the thing that I described as the gutter in the bowling alley will bring you to consonants. Yeah. No matter how much you try to describe it as this and that, and this and that, Mm -hmm. 
And you can see that a lot of people find consonants through dissonance. A lot of people do so many atrocious things in their lives and then they all of a sudden something amazing happens and they do the most amazing things, greater things than the people that have never experienced anything ever or greater things than people that experience nothing but good things. Some of the people that do the greatest things in the earth has experienced some of the most atrocious things. And, yeah. and, and some of the people that have done the greatest things we end up finding out that they also do some of the most atrocious mm -hmm, things mm -hmm. that the great things that they did all of a sudden don't even matter anymore you see you cannot find one separate from the other right it's like again that magnet but, right? does, but does that mean that it's that what they do is wrong what they what, does that mean that what they do is not wrong i well, guess that's that's the question i'm asking when we put it in words yeah and we try to convince one another we are now dividing that grand one that is the 10 right because the whole idea is that thing that they did that we can agree is wrong like killing right sure we'll agree it's wrong mm. and then we have intruders in our perimeters mm -hmm. and they're endangering the lives of our children and then now the killing becomes right and then we look at children and you know how atrocious it is to 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 put children to work and do all these horrible things at them, mm -hmm. right? Then we all agree that that is wrong. Mm -hmm. Then we look at the clothes that we're wearing, and we look at the electronics that we have. My my home country, Congo, mm -hmm. is is a great example of how the mineral that's so important for these electronics to run yeah. these mines, atrocious things are happening to children. Yeah. The locals know about it. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows about it, but. They yeah. all agreed that it is one of those good, that evil things that they're just not going to do. You know, right? That is why we can talk, we can use words to describe things, but the things that are happening around us don't need any words because they are happening. And so now we have to ask ourselves: no matter how much I say it's wrong, why is it still happening? Because, mm -hmm. because the thing is, I ask you: killing is wrong. Let's end it. Right. But not all killing is wrong, is what I would say. Right. Right. There are certain killings that you can justify, rightly so, is one would be if someone has a gun to your head, right? And they're like, I'm going to shoot your friend Armel right now. Yeah. I was like, bro, I'm sorry. I'm going to shoot the guy. If I, if, I, if I knew how to shoot, mm. that is. I would shoot the guy with the gun to your head as yeah. he's about to pull the trigger. Yeah. And it wouldn't be wrong, in my opinion. Mm. Because there are contexts and intentions to mm. what you're doing. Because yeah. the intentions are what matter. Yeah. Right? If you have, if I'm saying, if the guy has a gun to your head, mm. and I'm like, well, I just want to kill you for the sake of killing you. Mm. Like, well, that's, that's, you know, perhaps I save you in the process mm. of, uh, of being killed. Yeah. But the intention's not there. Mm -hmm. But some killing, of course, we should not kill people, but in, in the act of war, mm. if, if a country invades, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter what country. Country A invades country B. Mm. You know, and they're just going in because they want some sort of natural resource that they don't have and they want to exploit and they're just mm. coming in, mm. start killing all the villages, whatever. Yeah. If the if country B retaliates mm. and starts in, in their retaliation, kills a lot of soldiers of country A, it wouldn't be wrong. Yeah. We wouldn't say it's wrong because the intention is to protect themselves. Mm. But then if you just kill for the sake of killing, then it's wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You see, you you are right in what you described right there, especially in the first example of a person just 
killing me out of out of you know just cold intent mm-hmm. and you know n- not being a consequence for it. We can we can see that once upon a time such a thing was a reality. And but when we look at the history of where we've come now, we've we've come to realize that that is not something to 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 be to happen, right? And so we've put in these certain contingencies to to stop that from happening. And so when we now look at what you described, which is so key, the intent, right? We can now see now when we stop people from physically killing, Mm -hmm. right? We can now see that something that arguably is as equally tragic as killing another is the damage inflicted from the self to the self. And so this intent that you had to killing someone else, even though you didn't kill them, this intent, you had it. I don't kill you, but I think about it mm-hmm. and I intend it, right? And then all of a sudden, this manifests as far as in my thoughts. And then all of a sudden, I have this unhealthy lifestyle, this unhealthy habit, mm-hmm. right? And now we get these mental illnesses, mm-hmm. right, that come from all these different places, right? Which I think work with what we're talking about in this sense, in this, in the, in the aspect of what is good and what is bad, okay? We can physically put it in parameters that are efficient for society, right? But then whenever we are even looking at that deeper, we see that the control is not one without the other. It is a balancing of degrees. Just so much of this, not so much of that, Mm -hmm. and a time and place of it, right? But see, when we look at the things that we can't control the degrees of, right, we start seeing that this person that had thoughts of killing someone, mm-hmm. okay, when we now tell them to suppress these thoughts mm-hmm. and we put them on things that will physically suppress their thoughts, yeah. it doesn't work anymore. And then, okay, so what are we going to do now? Should they actually think about it? Okay, well, let's let's work with that now. Okay, think about it now. Think about it. And then now that you're thinking about it, well, if you ask me, a lot of the critical thinkers, some of the most critical of thinkers out there have thought about these things. They didn't do it. But the same way you look at a marble, you look at it, you think about it in detail, and you take that and you connect it with everything around and you see why everything is working the way it's working, why it's important in society for somebody not to just go and kill, but why you cannot blame a soldier for going and killing somebody else, or why you cannot blame the person who's in the streets, who's scared for his life, goes and does that, and then even though you can blame them, you also see how you can't blame them. We see all these different things. That's why when we talk about good and bad, that is an efficient thing to do. It is an efficient tool to uh, that can act as a catalyst for those that are on the tips of awareness to propagate them forward. But for those that are thinking about it, mm-hmm. I think there is much more growth that comes from putting the two together and then seeing why this is something that is happening. Mm. Even though we hear, we feel in our hearts that love is the key mm-hmm. and love is everything and it is the answer. Why is hate here? Mm-hmm. This thought, instead of putting one against the other, I think more growth can come from putting them two together. Not everyone can do this. Not everyone is ready to do this. But me and you are a good example of people that are already doing it, Mm -hmm. right? Are willing to sit face to face and talk and think and work with these things, right? Because in fact, everything is in our minds. 
the intention that you mentioned mm-hmm. that was behind the killing. Yeah. I've come to stumble upon the thought and the propagation towards understanding that when you do it in your head, it's already done. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do it physically, right? And it's the same mentality I've approached even in games with, with soccer or sports or boxing or yeah. whatever. When I beat you in my mind, yeah. I've already beaten you. And you have to do the same. Mm-hmm. And then everything you do, I have to keep on beating you in my mind. Yeah. That's the whole thing of strategy. Mm-hmm. That's what happens in chess. Everything is in your mind. What happens physically is an echo. If you follow the echo, you miss out. Mm. Right? You miss out. Right? So that's why it's more rewarding mm-hmm. to just accept what is happening and try to look at it the way you look at a marble from every angle possible. Yeah. I think that's key. I think it, it. I think we sometimes underestimate how powerful our minds can be. Mm. You know, because you, if you really think about it, you think about the um, elite, elite athletes. They are convinced that they are the best, and that's what gets them where they are. You don't get to become an elite athlete without believing that you are damn good. You know, you and in one sense, it's self fulfilling because now you're like, okay, I'm that good. Mm-hmm. So I gotta be that good. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get to be if you if you watch UFC John Jones, who's oh, like yeah. one of the greatest guys, you know, you don't get to be that good by believing that, oh, you know, I'm mediocre, <laughs> I'm okay, scum, some guys can be no, you believe yeah. that you are the best in the world. 100%. And it it's that echo that you're talking about. You know, in that sense, it starts to ripple out in how you in how you fight. You know, he he's already dominated them in the mind in their yeah. in his mind. He's like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this to you, Conor McGregor. He predicts yeah. Yeah. what he was going to do to so many guys. You're like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to knock you out first round. Yeah, boom, knocks him out. What <laughs> in the world? Yeah. I'm going to knock you out second round. Boom, second round. Go. Yeah. Like, okay, this guy is doing something else. You yeah, know? and it, and it, it's crucial. The mind is powerful. Mm-hmm. Very powerful. It really is. Yeah, man. Um. Man, we've been doing this for like almost two hours. <laughs> uh, if people want to, if people want to follow you, you have social media. Hell yeah! What is it? Vinci Flames on Instagram. Vinci. Right. Vinci Flames. V N C H Y. Yeah. F L A M E Z. M E Z. Okay. M E Z. That's on Instagram. That's on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is the is the is the is the core of it because from the Instagram you'll get linked to the other Instagram. Other Instagram. There's another Instagram. What? It's called In Love and light but uh, it's in love light is this a project right? that you're working on no it is it is it is um uh think of it as a source of a message that is deeper than what is being put out on my vinci flames okay you know it's just uh another outlet you know and there's a there's a wordpress as well in the bio they'll find all that okay. but it all happens on the instagram that is vinci Vinci Flame. Flames with a Z. Yes, sir. Okay, well, Armel, thank you, sir, for so thank much for so this. Much, this is awesome. It's amazing. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you found something helpful or you learned something new from it. If you didn't know, we have a uh, Kazingram Dialogue shop that you can go, um, and you can check out some of our uh, merchandise there. If you want to support us, you can support us through the shop. Uh, you can also support us by giving up, giving us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us and helps other people find Kazingram Dialogue. We are on a mission to get people to discuss ideas rationally, and you can help us by sharing Kazingram Dialogue, by sharing this episode, by sharing other episodes that you've enjoyed on social media. 
If you haven't followed us on social media, please do. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Alright, peace out. <laughs>